All right, uh, Matthew chapter 16, your Bibles this evening. Stand with me, if you would, for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin the reading in verse 13, and then read down through verse 19. The Bible says there, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church." And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, thou shalt be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. The title of this sermon for Vision Sunday night is this, Forward March. Forward March. Let's pray. Lord, we pray tonight that as we look at this idea of church, Lord, your idea that you created, And Lord, that you've commanded of us, Lord, may we consider it and may we consider what church is really supposed to be about. And Lord, may we consider whether or not we're currently fulfilling that or how we could fulfill that better. And Lord, I pray that tonight would be an exciting night for our church, but Lord, it would also be a challenging night for our church. And Lord, may we, as a church, please you. Lord, my prayer is that when you you look down on our church that you point at us and you say, when I created the church back in Matthew 16, that was what I had in mind. Lord, that's my prayer. That's my heartbeat. So God, I pray that um, tonight would help us to take strides to be even better and be even more exemplary for what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The year 2016. 2016 was a year of transition for the Lejeune family. My family and I, we transitioned from being around one set of friends to a whole new set of friends. We transitioned from one church to another church. We transitioned from one role that we were very, very comfortable with, one that we knew well. 2016, I had been an assistant pastor for a little over seven years to another role that, well, we're still patiently learning. We're still growing. And let me just say there that I appreciate your patience. I appreciate your patience. As a a young rookie pastor, I am still learning what being a pastor is all about. And you all have been a very patient bunch, and to that I say thank you. It was about this time last year, in fact, I believe that Tomorrow marks one year to the day that Pastor Pezlak called me and introduced White Oak Baptist Church to me. I was at home with my family on a Monday afternoon, and my phone rang from a 203 area code number. I had no idea who it was, thought it might be a sales call, and it was. <laughs> Pastor Pezlak selling me on the idea to come up here. Um, I don't know if I've shared this with the church family, but... We were already looking at two other ministries when I got that call. One in Chicago and one on Stanton Island in New York. And 
our time here in Connecticut prior to um, this this stint was not a positive one. It was it was rough. And so uh, when I hung up the phone with him, I told Angela about it, and I told her I said, of the three, Connecticut is on the bottom of the list, on the bottom of the list. But I said we're going to consider it. We're going to pray about it. And God took the church in New York away. We went and actually visited there, and it was not a fit for our family. And then God took the church in, um, in Chicago away, and it became very obvious and evident as I met with the deacons and then came here and candidated the church that this was a perfect fit for our family at this church. So for the Lejeune family, 2016 has been a year of transitions, but for White Oak Baptist Church, 2016 is a year of transition as well. There are very few churches that are 36 years old and have only had three pastors. Very few. For 12 years, Pastor Peslak faithfully served God and served God's people here at this church. He led this church and helped establish a strong Baptist identity that ran deeper than the sign. It ran deep into the culture of this church. In fact, as I have asked many of you what legacy Pastor Peslak leaves behind, the common response I've gotten is that we were a Baptist church when he, when, uh, when he came, but he really taught us what being a Baptist church was all about. Many of you sitting here under my voice, you were either reached by Pastor Peslak or you grew under his preaching and leadership. God chose, has chosen to move the Peslaks to another season of life. And God has chosen to lead my family to come here and partner with you, the great people of this church, to do a great work. Let me commend you, White Oak. Let me commend you that you have shined brilliantly through this transition. I don't know that I've been a part of too many churches that have handled transition like you have. In fact, I've never been a part of a church that has transitioned between pastors as well as this church has. Different years bring different things to churches. For 2016, the theme may have been keeping yourself in the love of God. But that was exactly what was needed to make, help the church transition from one pastor to another. January 1st, 2017 closes the door on 2016 and closes the door on that year of transition. So here we are in 2017. What now? Has God called us to sit and occupy till, until He comes? Or is there something greater for us to do? More specifically, what is the purpose of each member? And are we doing it individually? Are we doing it collectively? This evening I want to talk in depth about what the purpose of the church is. God gave us... The church, this is his idea. This is his idea. Church was not invented by man. Church was invented by God. We live in the dispensation of grace. During this dispensation, God has commanded the church to be the headquarters for the believer. If you're going to love God and serve God in a biblical way, and you're living in 2017, you've got to do it through the church house. You've got to do it that way. 
in my prayer, I said that I want this church to be a church that God looks down on and says, boy, that's what I had in mind. And with all my heart, that's what I want. Let me just say right here that our church isn't perfect. It's not perfect. Not during the year 2017, I'm not going to go outside and take down the sign that says White Oak Baptist Church and put up another sign that says Perfect Baptist Church. Because we're not perfect. Your pastor's a sinner. Not proud of my sin, I hate my sin, but it's my nature. And the truth is that the church is filled with sinners. And if you're sitting there tonight, let me remind you that you be one of those sinners. But we're trying our best to serve and honor our Savior, aren't we? Through the church, God has great things He wants to accomplish. But the church isn't brick and mortar. It's not carpet and pews and baptistries and and pulpits. It's not decorations. It's not chairs and tables, Sunday school rooms. What is the church? It's you. It's me. It's us. The fact is, there are countries where... The state has come in and taken a building away, but they can't destroy the church. They can't. Tonight, I want us to look at three main thoughts about 2017 and the vision that God has for our church. Three main thoughts that will uncover some specifics of how it is that we are to go about fulfilling our purpose as a church. Number one, notice Christ's plan for His church. Christ's plan for His church. I'm going to keep Brother Matt awake back there in the sound booth. I think there's something like 37 slides for him to run through. So, uh, if you're a normal note taker, get that, get that hand ready. Go ahead and do some stretches. Get ready. Uh, Christ's plan for His church. This is uh, the first time that any concept of church has ever been mentioned in Scripture. Back in Matthew chapter 16, in verse 18, the Bible says, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter. The word Peter means little rock. Little rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, there's a lot here to take in, and so let's uh, begin going through it here. Uh, God says to Peter, uh, Thou art Peter, little rock, and upon this rock, pointing to himself, I will build my church. I will build my church on this rock. How did God go about getting the church established on the foundation of Himself? Well, He used the little rock of Peter to preach at Pentecost and really get the church off the ground and moving in a big way. But make no mistake about it, Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church. Let me just stop here and include this, is that, and really the greater point at hand, I wonder what the disciples thought of that statement. We read that verse and we hear the word church and we don't really think much of it, right? In fact, until I was preparing this sermon this week, I didn't think much of the word church up to this point. I thought, well, it's church. You know, we, we know what church is. But do you understand this is the first time that word is ever, was ever used in Scripture? I can imagine them sitting there going, hey, wait a minute. What's church? What's that? What, 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 what are you talking about when you're talking about Church. Church. And God had to help define and outline and give uh, the idea of what church is and what the purpose 
of the church was to be. In fact, after Christ's ascension, you had the 120 believers that gathered in the upper room and prayed that, and the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, came down upon them and then they walked out of that room after having prayed in Acts 2 and uh, Peter got up and with the other disciples and they preached at Pentecost and 3,000 were saved and baptized into the church. But the whole concept was still raw. You see the church growing and growing and then people begin to criticize that the church is neglecting the fatherless and the widows. And so uh, uh, there are deacons that are assigned to help see those needs. And then you get into 1 Corinthians and you have carnality just running rampant through the church. And you've got uh, pr- uh, 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 sensual promiscuity everywhere. And you've got people abusing the grace of God. And God uses Paul to write a letter to help straighten that out as well as the tongue speaking and all the other vile things. And then as we we covered last week uh, with the book of Galatians how that they were still upholding the law and making a big deal out of the law. And so God used Paul to write a letter to them and say, you need to know what grace is and you need to learn how to show that to others. And all throughout the New Testament, you have the Pauline epistles to the churches. What was God doing? He was trying to help establish His church through the hands of of his apostles. And in my study of the New Testament, in my study of uh, the Pauline epistles and the other epistles uh, to the church and to the pastors, uh, I've come up with three basic reasons, or three basic purposes of the church. And all of the programs, all the things we're going to introduce tonight fall under at least one of these three, if not all of them. But letter A would be the fellowship of the believers. The fellowship of the believers. First John Chapter 1 and verse 7 says, But if, ye, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship. Fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. What is the church? The church is a group. It is a called out assembly of believers. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. A called out assembly of believers. There's a mentality out there that we invite lost people to our church and we preach to them. And listen, I'm all about lost people coming here and preaching to them. We are going to invite them in our presence on a regular basis. But the church itself, the church itself is not just any group of people you grab off the street and put in the pew. Specifically, the church are people who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And there's a fellowship that's enjoyed. i got to say that my favorite place to be on the planet is right here. Why is that? Because you and I, although we come from different walks of life, you and I, although uh, we have different upbringings, and you and I, although we have different experiences, if you're saved, then you have much in common with me. And I have much in common with you. It's a place I can come and enjoy, enjoy your fellowship. I can pick on you, and, and you can pick on me, and I can joke around with you, you can joke around with me, and we can get together and we can enjoy each other's fellowship. And the Bible says that, uh, that uh, iron, as iron sharpeneth iron, so a friend sharpeneth a friend. I'm messing the verse up. But you know the idea there is that iron sharpens iron there, and that's what church is supposed to be about. So we see the fellowship of the believers. Let her be notice the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Fullness of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, And ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That called out assembly of believers, they were supposed to have the Holy Ghost come down upon them. Now again, new concepts uh, uh, in a new uh, dispensation or a new era in the Bible. Uh, they're learning what church is and they're learning what the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is. And He came down upon them. Let me say today that if you are... A Christian, if you have put your faith in Christ, 
then the Holy Spirit dwells within your being. 1 Corinthians 6 says that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The temple of the Holy Ghost. So the question tonight isn't, do you have the Holy Spirit? If you're saved, you have them. The question is, how much of the Holy Spirit, how much does the Holy Spirit have you? Church is supposed to be a place where we come and we learn about how to yield our life, crucify our flesh, so that the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us. I could take you to a church that's filled with division and contention and strife. You know what you have? You have a bunch of fleshly people that are ignoring the Holy Spirit inside of them. But I can take you to another church that's unified. That's doing the will of God. And you know what you have? A bunch of people who are filled and have their heart turned over to the Holy Spirit of God. Fullness of the Holy Spirit. Letter C, the third purpose of the church is the furtherance of the gospel. Furtherance of the gospel. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Okay. So you have that Holy Spirit power. That Holy Ghost power. What are you to do with it? Well, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, that's the city you live in, and all Judea, that would be the state you live in, and in Samaria, that's the bad, rough part of town, and under the uttermost part of the earth. Everywhere we're to carry the good news of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Well, we lift Him up. We lift up our Savior, as the choir sing about tonight. We lift, we lift Him up as our theme is this year. It's a church that is a spirit-led, it, it, uh, rather a church that is spirit-led is a soul-winning church. You cannot begin to yield your heart over to the Holy Spirit of God without having a strong passion to go and take the good news of Jesus Christ and share it with the world around you. You just can't do it because that is the heartbeat of the Savior. My son is a, uh, a big sports fan like his dad. And he, uh, he, he, he knows the teams that I like, and he has chosen to like the exact same teams. I had a, a guy who, uh, who led singing for me in Spanish church, and his children decided to choose the rivals of his teams just to give him a hard time. And his children were only like seven and eight years old, so it was great. Uh, but uh, Matthew's heartbeat on that is my heartbeat. Can I say that it's not just for sp- with sports for my son. When we sit around in the evening and we have family altar and we read God's Word together and we pray, I hear his and my daughter's heartbeat, and that they are mimicking that which they see in their mother and their father. Can I say this is that as you grow closer to the Lord, your heart gets in line with his heart. Your passions will become his passions. His heartbeat becomes your heartbeat. What is the heartbeat of the Savior? Well, the souls of men. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Moms and dads in here, let me ask you tonight, if you allowed your son or your daughter to give up his life for a cause, would you be passionate about that cause? Would you? I think we all know the answer to that question. Wouldn't you say that the people that loved you the most would get on the same page with your cause and support it? Oh, my friend, churches are filled with people who come to church 
and they hold a Bible, and they get all dressed up, but they're not really passionate about the heart of Christ. Let me say here that a church that gathers together for fellowship only is nothing more than a cleaned up country club. If your idea of church is so that you can go and see people who look like you, act like you, talk like you, and you can be friends with them on Facebook, and you can uh, run around and, uh, and, and eat, eat meals with them around town, and you, know, you can share stories about your children growing up together, and uh, you can put your children in the children's ministry, and your teenagers in the youth group, and, and you can smile and wave at each other, and, and, uh, and you can maybe say hi to a visitor here and there, and that's where it begins and ends for you, then what you're looking for is you're not really looking for a church, you're looking for a Christian country club. And my friend, God has not called us here to be a Christian country club. He's called us here to be a lighthouse. He's called us here to take the gospel and share it with the world around us. If you don't tell them, then who will? So we see the fellowship of the believers. We see the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we see the furtherance of the gospel. And those, that's kind of a macro view. There's a lot more that could be said about what the church is to do. But I believe all those things could fall somewhere in under those. Number two, let's notice some programs to advance our church. Some programs to advance our church. How are we to go about accomplishing these three goals? Now, let me say here that um, we're an independent Baptist church. That means that we don't have a board that tells us what to do. Uh, we have a pastor and we have deacons and we have uh, a church body that uh, vote on a church constitution. And that constitution that we set aside uh, helps dictate to us uh, some, some policies to live by. And inside that church constitution, it states very clearly that the Bible is the final authority. Now, it's our job as a church, as an independent Baptist church, to look at that Bible and decide how we want to go about accomplishing His work. There are many different companies out there that are successful in the same area. And if you were to get into the inner workings of those competitors, you'll find that they accomplish the same thing through different methods. Now, we're not in competition with any church in the area. We're all working toward the same goal if, if they're a good uh, gospel-preaching church. But i got to say that there are pastors across town that uh, believe the Bible the way we do. They're going to go about accomplishing the purpose of the church a different way than we will. And that doesn't make them bad people. Likewise, that this church, I'm the third pastor of this church. Some of the programs I'm going to introduce tonight most likely have not been used by the previous two pastors. But I promise you, my heartbeat with these ministries that we're adding is to fulfill one of these three purposes, and sometimes multiple purposes that were laid out tonight. And so tonight I want to share with you what some of those ministries are that we're going to begin to introducing throughout 2017 under Fellowship of the Believers you can throw that next slide up there. Under Fellowship of the Believers, let's look at the children's ministries. I believe that we've got to take care of our children. I believe our children need to be taught and nurtured and raised in the Word of God. I think that church has got to be made in a way or put in a way that's understandable on their level. And I think church has got to be made fun for them so they can come to church and learn in fun. Uh, the, uh, the old story is a man was having a hard time getting his dog to take a pill of medicine. The dog did not want to take the medicine. It uh, refused and snarled at the man and even began to growl at its owner, the owner he was loyal to. And uh, someone came along and said, why don't you wrap that pill in a piece of bologna and feed the bologna to the dog and he will swallow the pill. With our children's and our teens' ministries and even some of the other ministries, we're taking the truth of the Word of God and we're making it fun. 
Now, the Word of God isn't baloney. It's the pill that we all need, isn't it? But there are some things that are ancillary. They're meant to be fun. But you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to teach our church, our children, that church is the place to be. Hey, listen, uh, I love on Wednesdays when I get home from work, and I got usually I, uh, I sit down and I eat, and I uh, wash my face, and I comb my hair, and I brush my teeth, and bam, right out the door I go to get right back here. If I go home, it's really quick, but one thing is for certain, when I walk in the door, me and my kids got their Master Club vest on, and uh, Dad, it's Master Clubs. We're going to church. We're going to go learn the Bible. And that's how it ought to be. Since we've gotten here, we've already introduced, and you can put the first one up there, Master's Club. Master Club. And uh, the idea there is that children come and they have a vest, they put that on, and they get a book and they memorize the Word of God, they methodically memorize the Bible, and the Bible is made practical to them how to live. Now here's some other things we're adding uh, this year. Uh, the next one, 4th through 6th grade quarterly activities. Uh, uh, quarterly, we're going to take our 4th, 5th, and 6th graders, our preteens, and Pastor Dave's got some activities scheduled for them, and we're going to take them out and uh, and, and let them go bowling together. Well, I don't, he's got several different things listed, I don't even know what they are. Bowling may be one, may not be one. But they'll be done in a good, clean Christian environment. And then we will give them a Bible lesson. A Bible lesson with it. Here's another one. Saturday afternoon co-ed baseball league. Saturday afternoon co-ed baseball league. For our children in the spring, we're going to be starting a baseball league. This will come after soul winning because soul winning in the morning is the most important thing our church does. And we're not going to let baseball conflict with uh, with soul winning. If you want to go soul winning and have your kids in baseball, then you can do both. But Saturday afternoon, co-ed baseball league, we'll be starting that up. And uh, it, it, this is going to be a good time. It might be softball or baseball, but if you've got children in our children's ministry, that would be uh, sixth grade and down, whether they're a boy or girl, we're going to encourage them to get out there and hit the baseball around. And so more details will be coming out about that. By the way, this is a great evangelistic tool. And we're all about door-to-door soul winning. But if you want to have your, uh, if you, you have a neighbor and they're looking to put their kids in a sports league, listen, the sports leagues of the world, I just don't really recommend that you use them. You say, well, why not? Well, oftentimes the coaches cuss. I'm not putting my kids in that environment. I'm not. Oftentimes the practices are on Wednesdays and the games are on Sundays. And you say, well, mine aren't. Well, let it rain and I bet they reschedule on one of those. I'm not putting my kid in those. But at the same time, I want my kid to see that they're not missing out by going to church. They're not missing out. Listen, we can have just as much fun as the world, and we can do it in a cleaned up way. Saturday afternoon, Coed Baseball League. The next one I've written down here is VBS. And this year, we're bringing in the program Neighborhood Bible Time. Uh, neighborhood Bible Time. Now, this will be a new concept for, for many of you here. Uh, really, I wouldn't say new concept. It'll be uh, a little bit... I would say Neighborhood Bible Time is a cousin to VBS. It follows much of the same schedule and type thing. But in my opinion, uh, Neighborhood Bible Time is awesome. Uh, the uh, Pastor Dave traveled Neighborhood Bible Time back when he was in college, so he's a big proponent of this. The, uh, the man who's in charge of Neighborhood Bible Time, he oversees about 40 plus guys who go out all over the world and run Vacation Bible School Neighborhood Bible Time. And a good friend of mine, in fact, he was the one that submitted my name to the church. And so if you don't like me, bring your kids back during this and you can get all over him for for giving the church my name. Uh, But uh, we are the only Neighborhood Bible Time rally he's doing the whole summer. He normally does two or three, uh, but he's uh, in the summer. But uh, he's canceled all of them out because he's busy. But he told me he said, "I want to be there for yours. I want to be there for yours." So, 
It's going to be uh, great. I've got to say, Pastor Dave's done a great job running our Vacation Bible School. I came last year and we did a great job. Uh, I don't anticipate it being all that much better, but I do think it might go up just a notch. Amen, Pastor Dave? And so that'll be good. So let's move on from the children's ministries into the teen ministries. And again, here, the idea is that we're giving us our, uh, giving ourselves a chance to fellowship as believers, as we've been commanded in Scripture. We're going to be starting a new teen Sunday school class. And uh, Eric Ferreira, did I get your last name right? Ferreira. And Maggie Salinas are going to be teaching that class. And so if you are between the 7th grade and the 12th grade, uh, they'll meet together for a short time and sing some songs and pray together. And they're going to split up into two rooms. And Maggie's going to, Miss Maggie's going to teach uh, the young ladies. And Brother Eric's going to teach the young men. And we're going to have uh, Sunday school. And this will be uh, solely for our church teenagers. Let me, uh, let me say here, I'll be very careful uh, how I word this. Uh, I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea. Uh, our youth group here, by and large, is uh, the, the, the boys and girls, the teenagers that ride in on our buses from Bridgeport. And i got to say, I've gotten to know some of them. Man, they are awesome kids. They really are. Um, some of you, I feel that you're a little nervous putting your... Um, church-raised child in amongst some kids who grow up in the, on, on the other side of town, you're afraid of maybe their innocency being violated. And i got to say, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I want you to be careful, though, about a bad attitude toward them. Make sure that that attitude is not steeped in some kind of a social, uh, social inequality or a looking down on someone by a wealth class. Make sure there's no racist attitude there either. That's wrong. That's wrong. But I do understand some of you being hesitant. Let me say that this teen Sunday school class will be only for our church teens. And it's not that we're pushing uh, the bus teens out. It's that the, the bus teens are getting picked up during this time. And so they won't, uh, they won't be able to come to it. But that will be a great time. Great, great time. Put the next one up there, uh, Brother Matt. Uh, monthly Sunday evening activities. Once a month, uh, 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 Pastor Mike and uh, Brother Mike Scarpetti, our youth director, and uh, Brother Eric and Miss Maggie are going to take our teenagers upstairs that come to church on Sunday evenings, and they're going to play ping pong, or they're going to uh, come up with some wacky game they're going to play with them. It'll take 30, 45 minutes, and moms and dads, you can uh, go out together and get a bite to eat at a local restaurant and then come back and get them, or you can just sit in the car and hang around if you want. But uh, uh, that, that we'll be doing that, uh, and that will be starting up uh, shortly. Uh, and then uh, on top of that, there's going to be monthly Friday, Saturday activities, either a Friday or Saturday activity. It may not, maybe one month it may be on a Friday night, another week it may be on a Saturday afternoon, but there will be a monthly activity uh, for your teen to, to, to attend. And let me encourage you, if you have teenagers, get them here and get them involved. Here's some of the bigger ones that we're doing for the year. Uh, we're going to be taking a group of teenagers, and if you have teenagers, I'd really encourage you to get them to this, to a youth conference in Hammond, Indiana. Uh, uh, Brother Wilkerson is the pastor there, and Brother Wilkerson is an awesome, awesome man. Now, again, he's a sinner, like any of us are, uh, but he has the right heartbeat toward church and ministry. And uh, he has been at Hiles Anderson College helping to lead and guide that college. I believe he's been there three days a week, and he teaches two days a week. And so he's had his hands on that, uh, helping run that, and my, my confidence is there. Now let me say that I, Hiles Anderson College and First Baptist Church, that's not the only uh, church with a good Bible college. There are several others here. We have students in some of those others, and man, I support them equally, but uh, excited about taking our teenagers 
to that. And then uh, the next one up would be neighborhood Bible time. You may have thought vacation Bible school was just for kids. But I've got to tell you that neighborhood Bible time I've seen run in the other churches I've been in for teenagers is awesome. I've seen it go from 20 and 30 kids to over 100 kids attending by the end of the week. And so Brother Larry Kuntz, who's the Neighborhood Bible Time Director, he will bring a young man with him who will be the teenager's evangelist. He will be here specifically to reach the teenagers and to have that evening rally. And they do things like bring a fire truck in uh, on one of the last days and they spray the kids down with a hose and uh, obviously uh, cautions taken to make sure that everyone's modest and in it. And uh, they t- they, they'll take a bus and put it in the field and they'll play big ball volleyball over the top of the bus. And they got all kinds of crazy games they play with those kids. And so uh, you'll want to get your kids involved in that. I've got a, a calendar here will be given out with all these dates on there for that at the end of the service. You say, why didn't you give it out in the beginning of the service? Because you'd be looking at the calendar and not listening to the sermon. <laughs> Amen? So we'll give that out at the end. Let's move on. So from children's ministries and teen ministries, the next would be men's ministries. Men's ministries. Men, I believe God wants us to have a good time together. I believe He wants us to get together and, and love, love each other in the Lord. I believe He wants us to bear one another's burdens. And I believe He wants us to have teaching and preaching that's specific to us as men. And so the very first event that we've got coming up this year would be men's, a men's rally. And I talked about that a little bit, a little bit this morning. Uh, January 21st, in fact, Jeannie Wolf will be in the lobby after church and you can sign up, see her, you can sign up for this. But, uh, we're gonna be, uh, uh, we're gonna be having a good time around the Word of God. Uh, Pastor Dale Schwartz, who pastors over in Orange, he's gonna be coming over and preaching to us. Uh, he, um, uh, on top of that, we're gonna laugh, there's gonna be skits. And then on top of that, there's gonna be, you guessed it, food. Food. You can't have a men's activity and not eat. Right, guys? Uh, uh, ladies' activities, they have all these decorations, and man, they spend hours and hours and hours decorating. Every napkin's got to be just in the right spot. And us men, all we want are tables, napkins, and food. And uh, the, uh, the silverware, plasticware is optional. Amen? Uh, but uh, we, we're going to have uh, bacon burger dogs at that. You say, what is a bacon burger dog? Well, you take a beef hot dog and you wrap it in hamburger meat. Then you wrap that in bacon and you cook that bad boy up and you eat them. So you say, that is awesome with awesome wrapped in awesome. So, so sign up in the back for that. We'll have a good time. And then uh, the, the next activity we have on the calendar for the men is a men's stakeout. A men's stakeout, you guessed it, more food. Men's stakeout, and so we'll, uh, we'll be doing that in the summer. Uh, again, there will be preaching and, and singing and, and skits and a good time with that. The third thing we, I have down is a men and boys camp out. Men and boys camp out. And so whether you have a son or not, uh, you can uh, uh, come. And then if you have a son, we encourage you to bring him. And we'll, we'll, go, we'll pick a spot and we'll get some tents. We'll go in the woods and we'll rough it. And we'll eat. Amen? In all seriousness, during this camp out, we're going to have a time of testimony. We're going to have a time of preaching. We're going to have a time where we get together as men alone in the woods and we get on our knees and we pray and we beg God to do something with us and for our church. So I'd encourage you to um, keep your eye on those events and show up to them. How about the ladies? How about the ladies? Well, uh, I'm excited to announce some things about the ladies. The first thing I've got uh, here is real 
Ladies Group. R-E-A-L. Real Ladies Group. My wife is going to be heading this up the first Thursday night of every month. Uh, uh, moms and ladies that just have a whacked out, crazy, busy schedule, we want to give you an avenue to come and take a break. And so if you can leave your children with your husband, great. If you can't, then there will be nursery provided. And you can come and just fellowship with the other ladies in the church. Uh, there's going to be a, a challenge from the Word of God. There's going to be a, a craft that you do together. There's going to be uh, uh, much more frilly type food than us men eat. Amen? And uh, you're going to be able to fellowship with each other and kind of have a break. And so uh, my wife is heading that up. And some of you have been wondering what her role is going to be in the church uh, I told her when uh, we were voted in that I wanted her to get here and get settled and for her to choose what she wanted to do. And so this is what she's chosen to do. So get behind that, ladies, and get excited about that. So more details will be coming up. But the first one of those meetings will be the thir- first Thursday in February. The next thing I have written down here is ladies' retreat. I believe you guys did that last year. And so more details will be forthcoming about that. And then a mother-daughter banquet and then a Christmas luncheon. And I don't have time to elaborate on these. We'll be here till midnight. Next one we have is for married couples. Married couples. Let me say tonight that God wants your marriage to be strong. He does. Um, Ephesians 5 tells us that we're to, husbands are to love their wives and wives are to submit to their husband and that, that, that unit right there is to represent Christ and the church. And so here at White Oak Baptist Church, we want to give you a chance to fellowship with other couples and to strengthen your marriage. We're going to have a Valentine's banquet, and we'll uh, we'll rent a, either rent a local restaurant or we'll use our fellowship hall, and uh, we, we've got a speaker lined up for that. That's coming up shortly. More details will be forthcoming with that. In the summertime, we're going to have a mystery date night. Mystery date night. So if uh, you um, would like, there will be nursery care provided here, and you'll get on a bus or a couple buses, and we will ride to a restaurant that we're not going to tell you what it is till you get till we get there, and we'll have a good time. With that, and then the big event that I've got here for couples is we're going to be going to a couples retreat at my former church in Hagerstown. Uh, how many of you here are familiar with Patch the Pirate? Patch the Pirate's going to be there. Oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, him and his wife, Ron and Shelley Hamilton, have had a solid marriage, and uh, they'll be there. Paul and uh, Terry Chapel will be there as well, and so um, we're, uh, we're going to, I believe it's going to conclude at a ski resort while the leaves are changing, where you can take the ski lift up the hill and down and, and, uh, and see all that, and we're going to have a great time with that. And so I'm trying to convince uh, a certain bus driver in our church to take us down there. I won't say his name, but uh, pray, pray, that, pray that direction. We can ride in class, amen? Uh, but that's the couple's event. So that's the fellowship of the believer. Listen, we're, we're going to do a lot of things to make church fun. But let me just make sure I insert this right here, okay? Of all the things I'm going to present tonight, these are important, but they're not as important about as what we're going to get to. Let me reemphasize this. If all church is to you is a place to come and hang out, and church a place to come and fellowship, then you don't have the right idea of church. We want to give you a lot of reasons to be here to have fun. And we want to give you a lot of reasons to bring your friends and family uh, into our church and so they can be introduced to our church in a, in a, in a, a casual setting. But this is not what church is uh, by itself. Letter B, let's look at the fullness of the Spirit. This year in the fall, we're going to have a church-wide revival service. Uh, we're going to have a preacher come in from Sunday to Wednesday. We're going to have services and 
Uh, it's going to be a chance for us to rekindle our love for the Lord. And some of you say, well, shouldn't all that fire be kindled year-round? And the answer is, yes, it ought to be. But uh, I've been in church long enough to know that there are times where that fire just isn't burning quite as bright as it ought to be. And so, whether it's burning a little bit or the flame is not really there much, the idea there would be that uh, uh, we have revival service and you even have a greater fire for the Lord. The next one I have down here is a missions conference. In March, we're going to have a missions conference. And at that missions conference, uh, we will uh, be bringing in some of the missionaries we support and letting them show us their, their works and helping us to rekindle a heart for the Lord And when it comes to missions. You say, why did you put missions conference under fullness of the Spirit? Because back in Acts 1.8, the Bible says that, uh, uh, that when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll be witnesses under the uttermost. And so that's important. And so missions conference... Uh, men occasionally will have periodic Saturday evening prayer meetings where we'll open the church and invite you to come in and pray for our church and pray for each other and pray for the preaching of God's Word. There will be a steady diet of biblical preaching on Spirit-filled living. And the last one I have listed down here is a ladies' Bible study. Joan Surrett oversees our ladies' Bible study. And what's that about? It's about getting our hearts in tune with God. Letter C, let me focus on this one. And this is the one, honestly, of all, the, all everything I'm going to cover tonight, I am more enthusiastic and excited about this than any of them, and that's the furtherance of the gospel. The first thing I have listed here is that we're going to begin in the spring, we're going to begin a new Sunday school program. I've uh, began meeting with uh, several key church members and talking to them about the idea of teaching a Sunday school class, and that Sunday school class being specific to either an age group or a group of people. And uh, whether no matter where you're at in life, there will be something for you. There will be a class that you fit in where you can get closer to the Lord and closer to brothers and sisters. And we might be considered a medium-sized to large church. What I don't want is for people to come and get lost in the crowd. I want people to come and feel like they've got a place they can connect and a group of people they can be accountable to and a group of people they're going to check on up on them if they miss. March 3rd through 5th, we're going to have a Sunday School Workers Conference. Good friends of mine that uh, have built very successful Sunday School classes in previous ministries I've been in, uh, they're going to be coming in and teaching us how to do Sunday School. And i got to say that uh, the goal of the church, or my heartbeat for church growth, is through the Sunday school program. Uh, my, my, uh, I've got, uh, uh, upstairs in my office, I've got laid out every single room in our building, and every single room will have a Sunday school class in it. In fact, we might even start converting offices into Sunday school rooms. Uh, around here, but the idea there is is that to give everyone a chance to grow. Now, let me say that whether or not uh, you teach Sunday school here at our church, or you've been asked to teach Sunday school, you're more than welcome to come to this conference on March 3rd through 5th. If you have been asked, or you currently are a Sunday school teacher, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to strongly ask you to be here for the entire thing. That'll be the evening of March 3rd, Friday, March 3rd. It'll be the morning and uh, much of the afternoon of the 4th, and it'll be Sunday afternoon of the 5th. And obviously, uh, our speaker will, one of our, our, key, our keynote speaker will be preaching to us all day on the 5th. The next one I have down here, put, the, put that one up there for me. Okay, Soul Winners Club. I'm making sure mine and Pastor Dave's notes match here. Soul Winners Club. From time to time, I preach on soul winning. I talk about how important it is. Let me say, I believe in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with everything that moves. And while we don't witness to plants and animals and, and that kind of thing, we, do, we ought to witness to people. 
whether they look like you or not, whether they smell like you or not, whether they, they fit in your realm of, of, of comfortable or not, we're to witness to them. Because Jesus loves them just as much as they love you. The problem with that is, is how do you do it? If I were to call you up during an altar call and say, hey, I got this young lady right here. She wants to get saved. Take your Bible and show them how. Be honest with me here. Would you be like, uh, 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 where do I start? Men, if I were to grab you and say, hey, I got this guy just walked the altar. He wants to get saved. Can you take your Bible and show him how to be saved? Would, would it be hard? Would it be hard? Now, I'm not here to, to, to rip you or to, or to preach hard, uh, to, to get on you. But I am here to say that we are going to be starting a club on Wednesday nights that will run during the, during the service. And the purpose of that club is to take, teach you how to take the Bible and lead someone to Christ. Pastor Mike and, and Miss Rachel are going to be over that club and uh, they're going to take you through the material and teach you. You'll have a workbook to fill out. Uh, you can either audit that class and just show up on Wednesdays and glean the information or you can do all the homework involved with the class and you can actually graduate with a certificate involved. In order to do all the homework, part of that is going out and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it would be... It would be wrong for me to preach at you to soul win and then not give you an avenue to learn. How many agree with that statement? But it's wrong for you to want to go soul winning and never take the time to learn. And so if you're able to be here on Wednesday nights, I would encourage you, that's a 12-week rotational class, I would encourage you to go through that and learn how to share your faith. Put the next one up there for me. Tuesday evening visitation. Tuesday evening visitation. We're going to have a Tuesday evening visitation where we um, uh, go out and follow up on those who visited our church. Furthermore, we're going to have several other types of visits, including door hangers. Some of you here are scared to death to talk to people. You're afraid if you knock on someone's door, they're going to answer. I, I remember when I was a young soul winner and I started going to doors by myself, I'd walk up to the door and this is how I'd knock. You say, why'd you knock like that? I was afraid someone was going to come to the door. And I'd do that, and about five seconds later, I was walking away. And they came to the door, there's a track on your door, you can read that. Some of you are there now. And you know what, that's, that's very normal to start with. We're going to have door hangers that you can take and just put them all over a neighborhood. And so if talking to people scares you, you'll still have something you can do on Tuesday evenings. We're going to have five or six different types of visits for people to make on those Tuesday evenings. Furthermore, and this is where I really need your ear, if you've kind of been sleeping on me, uh, wake up, because uh, I, I really need the whole church to hear this. We want to make this Tuesday evening visitation thing as accommodating as possible for you. Look, I get it. You work, you're busy, you're tired, and the thought of running home and cooking a meal and then shoving it and shoveling it down your throat, and then running to the church to visit, that's exhausting, just thinking about that. So what we want to do is we want to have a meal provided for you when you show up. You eat, and then there's child care for you. So if you have little ones that children are watched, and you can go out. But that's going to take an army of people. What I'd like to see, and if you are interested in helping in this area, 
Uh, we'll, we'll start more aggressively pushing this in the, in the weeks to come. But if you'd like to help us, you can see Pastor Mike and, he, and give, him, give him your name. We're looking for nine families or nine people in the church who would be willing to do six times a year. It would be eight people who would do six times a year preparing a meal for our Thursday or Tuesday evening visitation crowd. And the ninth person would take care of the, that fifth Thursday night of the year so that people can come in and they can eat and that they can go right out and share the gospel. We're also looking for several uh, ladies who'd be willing to watch our children uh, on that night. And so if you'd be interested in either one of those areas, see Pastor Mike and he can start getting you signed up there. So we uh, we see there uh, the Tuesday evening visitation idea. Uh, let me just share this here as well. There was a church that kept careful stats and if they were able to get into the living room of a visitor within 48 hours of their visit, there was a 90% chance they would come back and visit again. Stop and think about that. 90% chance they'd come back and visit again. But if it fell outside of that 40% or that 48 hour window, it would drop to uh, uh, somewhere in the 20s, 28%, 27%. And so we want to get in their house and we want to present them the idea of uh, coming back to our church. You can put the next one up there. Let's get acquainted visitor luncheon. So when someone visits our church, we're going to follow up with them on uh, and, and Sunday afternoons, once every two months, we'll have a big luncheon, or once a quarter, we'll have a big luncheon upstairs where the pastoral staff will eat with them and we'll get to know them better and they'll get to know us better. So that'll be kicking off. I think that first one is January 29th. And we do need people to cook for that. And so if you'd be interested in cooking for that, uh, even if you can't uh, uh, buy the ingredients, the church will buy the ingredients, you just come in and cook it up. So see, you can see me or see Pastor Mike if you'd be able to help with that. And then the last one is something already going on, that Saturday morning bus visitation and outreach. And so we encourage you to, to begin coming to that now. The furtherance of the gospel. Think about all those things we just covered and ask yourself, are you interested in being involved in any of them? If you get really excited about a baseball league, but you have no interest in passing out a track, you better step back and reevaluate. Because there's more to church than watching your child hit a baseball or... Uh, sitting and eating a bacon burger dog, or uh, going camping in the woods, or going to a real ladies group. And all those things are great, but we've got to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. Number three, and lastly, and I'll rush through this here for the sake of the hour. I know several of you came and you have small children, and so we want to be sensitive to that. Christ's power to grow the church. So we've looked at uh, the, uh, uh, there we've looked at uh, the, uh, the plan to grow the church looked at the purpose of the church. Let's talk about the power to grow the church. There's no magical set of ministry ideas that grow a church. I wish I could say, okay, if you do this and this and this and this, you're guaranteed growth. That's not how it works. Why does a church grow and grow the right way? Because God pours His power on the people in the church. And that power is used to grow that church. Uh, we're not here... Look, I'm not here drawing up some vision that's going to magically grow our church. It's going to grow because God's people obey God's Word. Letter A, notice, God blesses our compassion. God blesses our compassion. Christ wants us to lift Him up. We're to elevate Christ and we are to elevate Him in a manner that is Christ-like. To put it another way, we're to study how Christ handled 
Himself and how He ministered to others. And we're to turn around and we're to minister to other people with the same Spirit in the same way that He did. And I would ask you tonight that in your ministry that you serve in at our church, are you doing it in a way that is Christ-like? What, uh, what is the staple of Christ's ministry? Well, I'd say it's compassion. It's compassion. With that said, 15 times in the Gospels, Christ either taught us to have compassion or Himself showed compassion. God blesses our compassion. Mark 6.34 says, And Jesus, when He came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, as He began to teach them many things. God looked down on those people and I believe a tear began to well up in His eye and He had a heart of compassion toward them. White Oak Baptist Church is going to grow. We've got to be a people of compassion. Let her be notice God blesses our compliance. Our compliance. Philippians 1.6, and keep this in mind, this was written to a church. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not interested in pastoring a church that just maintains. I don't want a church that maintains. I want a church that is aggressively attacking the gates of hell so that uh, we're snatching people from Satan's grip and we're putting them into the kingdom of God where we're aggressively and actively trying to depopulate hell and populate the kingdom of heaven. With that said, what has Christ commanded us to do? Well, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus told the founders of that first church, He said, Go ye therefore to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You say, Pastor, do you go door knocking because uh, it, it is the formula to, go to, to grow the church? And I say, No. I go door knocking because I've been commanded to do it. You know what God's going to bless is not necessarily the door knocking. He's going, to bless, oh, uh, uh, he's going to bless the compliance. He's going to bless the obedience. You know, here's what I found. I found if I come out here and I meet uh, uh, Mark here on the street and say Mark's, Mark's a bum running around. Well, that, that's besides the point. Let's say Mark's running around and just being, you know, just not being a good guy. And I say, hey, Mark. And we strike up a conversation and I give him the gospel and he politely listens, but he doesn't accept. And I say, hey, why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? And he says, you know what? I think I might. Man, I'm all fired up. I text Mark on Saturday night. Hey, you coming? Yeah, I'm going to be there. And I show up to church. Because he's a bum, he doesn't show up. But in the door walks Jason. And Jason, I never met Jason. Jason just drove past our church and saw the sign. And there was something inside of him that said, you need to check that place out. Here's what I found. If I am obedient in telling people how to get to our church, God will send people to our church. But why would God send people here if we're not being obedient to Him? Get a pocket full of tracks and invite everyone you see to church and so God can send people here. Hey, the person you invited might not come, but boy, God will send other people our way. Why? Because He blesses our compliance. Let her see, God hears us when we call. He hears us when we call. We're talking about the power to grow the church. Are you praying for it? You're praying for it? Listen, every day I wake up and I pray a very similar prayer. And that prayer is I ask God for three things. His love to love people. His wisdom to know how to help people. And His power to do His work. You know, God's power 
is what's going to grow this church. But you've got to ask Him for it. It does not just fall on the pastor and the deacons to call down the power of God. It falls on every single church member. I've laid out some exciting things. I hope you get excited about them. But that's not going to grow the church. What's going to grow this church is a people that fall in love with Jesus Christ and do His work through His power. Put that last slide up there for me, Brother Matt. I read this quote through a book I read in preparation uh, to be pastor. Let us never forget it is God who grows His church. We must simply administrate His church to accommodate that growth. If we turn around in 2018 and we're running double what we're running today, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but if it were, it's not you that grew it. It's not me that grew it. It's God that grew it. But we've got to administrate the church in a way that will grow. And part of that administrating is administrating our own hearts to be in line with God. And I would ask you tonight, are you people of compassion? Are you people of compliance? And are you people that call, that call on the Lord? Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this evening.